course of discussing movies, the host will spoil plots. You've been warned. Listen to their screams. Greetings, ghouls and creeps, and welcome to Listen to Their Screams, a horror podcast that feels like you're talking to friends. And I am one of your friends, Dave, and we're joined, as always, by our other friend, Ike. Ike, how are you? Hey, hey, hey. I'm doing pretty good. Can't complain. No no, uh, no quick quip this week. Uh, wasn't fast enough to think of anything. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Can't always be on. That's right. Even though we are just a little bit in kind of the entertainment thing here, and it's kind of expected, that's okay. We're uh, it's all good. We'll just we'll just keep it nice and level and boring. No no big deal. That's right. <laughs> that's the story uh, of my life. I'm it'll it, it'll pick up. It'll pick up. We'll find our footing here. Uh, this week we're reviewing Talk to Me, which is out in theaters now. Uh, Ike and I both went and saw that. We'll be talking about it later in the show. Uh, before then, we have lots of things to discuss and talk about. Uh, first of all, before we dive in, uh, special thanks to the wives, Kayla and Monica. And I've been saying it for the last two weeks, but it's official. Next week, they will be back with a wives rebuttal. It's uh, set up, established. We pretty have a pretty good idea of what's going to be discussed, and, and we're ready. We're going to put on the gloves and maybe throw off the gloves and and, and, uh, and have at it next week with a wives rebuttal. Uh, but this week, Ike, uh, what have you been up to? Watch anything good? Do anything fun? How's life been going? Yeah, absolutely. I've watched a lot of stuff, actually. Um, so just to start us off from the top, like you said, we watched Talk to Me in theaters. Um, I actually saw two movies this week. Went and saw Talk to Me on uh, Sunday. And then on Tuesday, um, actually it was me and my wife's anniversary. So we decided to go watch uh, Haunted Mansion because she really wanted to go watch it. And um, it, Haunted Mansion was really good. It was really uh, it was funny. Um, not as good as the, uh, you know, the Eddie Murphy one from like 2002 or whatever, but, uh, definitely a worthwhile watch, especially if you have younger kids. It's a good way to get your kids exposed to horror, um, without it being too scary. Um, and then of course, uh, we'll talk about this later, uh, but I watched a wonderful movie, uh, death called death metal. It's on Tubi. Uh, it's also on video on demand, um, which me and Dave both got signed Blu-ray copies of, which is pretty mm-hmm. badass. Um, Special thanks to them for sending that to us. We gave them a shout out on social media. Oh hell yeah, hell yeah, rock and, and roll. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna review that next week. We, we sure figure, are. Uh, we, we had an opening, it timed out right, and so we will. Uh, yeah, we're gonna throw them a review next week and see uh, and see what they think. Hell yeah! Uh, and then I watched uh, another movie on Tubi. I've actually uh, heard about this movie. It's kind of been on my radar. Uh, I just never had a chance to watch it. Uh, it's a film called Hard Candy. Um, oh, yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah, it, it's more in line with like a crime thriller yeah. than it is like a strict horror movie. But, you know, thriller, in my opinion, is horror light um, or diet horror, if you will. So uh, I, I I included it, but it has uh, Elliot Page and then, of course, uh, the wonderful Patrick Wilson. Um, you know, really great movie. I really was not expecting the movie. What what I got was not what I was expecting at all. Um, super good. It's on Tubi. It's for free. Uh, so if you haven't checked it out, it is good. I will throw like the small trigger warning because it does talk about you know uh, you know sexual abuse of children. So it is 
it is a bit of a heavy movie. So, you know, I just want to throw that out there that, you know, maybe not watch it if that might be potentially triggering to you. Um, I also started watching Walking Dead Dead City on AMC+. Oh, yeah. It's the Negan and Maggie show. I'm about three episodes in, I think. It's pretty solid. I like Negan a lot. Yeah. Um, I feel like this is kind of getting more back to the roots and origins of, like, Negan from the comic books. Because I feel like they kind of had to water him down a little bit for the TV. But, um, and last but certainly not least, um, not a movie or a TV show, but uh, recently the Five Nights at Freddy's franchise, um, we've talked a lot about the movie coming out, but obviously Five Nights at Freddy's is a video game first and foremost. So Five Nights at Freddy's has a uh, video game that came out, I believe, last year called Five Nights at Freddy's Security Breach. Um, and Security Breach recently had a uh, DLC, which is uh, downloadable content, uh, extra content, if you will, called Ruin. So I've been watching uh, Markiplier, which is a very popular YouTuber, play uh, Ruin just because I'm too lazy to play it myself. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> watching them on YouTube. So good stuff. Uh, really cool game. Really interesting concept. It, it just made me more excited for the movie in October. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um... I, I didn't. I haven't watched a lot actually. I've been I've been kind of busy, and uh, haven't got to watch as much. I, I watched a, a few of the movies on my list. I've been working through. Um, watched a. I watched a few other things. I have still to have two episodes of that of the Dead City to watch that we haven't watched yet, and uh, a couple other things that actually kind of came out that we like to watch. We we watched the uh, the show Heels that was on Stars with Stephen Amell, the the wrestling show. It's about independent wrestling. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. Thanks. So the the second season of that is either either it came out or the first episode or two or whatever came out. I'm not sure which, uh, but we haven't watched that yet. But uh, I gotta watch that. So uh, so that's about it. I've uh, just not had as uh, not as much free time in the last week. It feels like and uh, haven't watched as much. So uh, I mean, I've, I've still watched uh, Supernatural and Simpsons because <laughs> there's there's always time for those two. And uh. But uh, yeah, a few other things I've been looking to watch. Like you mentioned video games. I've been wanting to watch what's that uh, called Twisted Metal? That series. Yeah. That's out. Uh, been wanting to watch that. I haven't got to that yet. So I got so many things I want to watch now, uh, but uh, haven't haven't got a chance to. So. It's always how it goes. <laughs> it's always how it goes. <laughs> yeah, there's there's always something to watch, which is a good thing. It's a good thing. You you know, if you ran out, then what would you do? Or you do what I would do. You just rewatch the same things over and over. <laughs> there's so much to rewatch, but yet I end up. Watching you know, the same shows or movies, you know, seems like the majority of the time because uh, I love them so much. It's like I can't I just can't not watch them. I, I can't have them not be a part of my life. So but uh, OK, so moving on from that, we have our, uh, our rotating segment for the week. And on this episode, we are going to do Horror Hot Take. That's right. It is Ike's favorite segment, Horror Hot Take. It is uh, where one of us so far has been all like, because I guess I've just not felt very opinionated, uh, <laughs> provides what uh, what could be a horror hot take, a, a hot take on a horror topic or subject or movie or et cetera. Uh, of course, I'm sure there's probably always people that agree with it. You're never going to 100 percent, you know, stun everybody. But uh, Ike, are you queued up and ready for uh, this episode's this time, this round's horror hot take? Yeah, I, I think I got one my might ruffle some feathers this time. All right. Well, lay it on us. Let's hear it. All right. So a little bit of a preface here. Everybody knows and loves uh, the movies, you know, Us, Get Out, and Nope. 
Uh-huh. Those three movies have one singular thing in common. Dave, you want to take a take a guess of what that thing in common is? Jordan Peele. That's right. Jordan Peele. In my opinion, Jordan Peele is two things. One, he is one of the best directors of modern horror in this current generation. That's number one. Number two, and possibly the hot take that's going to come out, Jordan Peele is one of the most overhated people as a creator, as a director, as an actor in some cases, but he's one of the most overhated people. And I would say a good 90% of the time, the reason he is hated is not because he's not a good director. It's not because he doesn't make good movies. It's because the movies he makes talk about real life issues. The movies he takes talk or his movies he makes talk about and very prominently star people from uh, communities of color. And people specifically don't like those movies, I feel, because of that fact. Not necessarily that they don't like black people or something like that. But I feel like a lot of people watch these movies and perhaps they feel underrepresented, maybe. Or perhaps they feel as if the content is too progressive, potentially. But I feel like the people who truly hate these movies can provide good critiques of the movies. And some good critiques of the movies, in my opinion, could be potentially pacing. Some of his films have a little hard time pacing. You know, Nope had some rough pacing at poor parts. I think Get Out is nearly a flawless film, so I can't even really comment on Get Out. Us had a small part, I would say, towards the end when they started kind of, you know, starting to approach the big reveal where the pacing was a little uh, shoddy. But outside of that, it was a perfectly good movie. You know, so there are some legitimate criticisms of Jordan Peele and his movies. You know, I don't really know much about Jordan Peele personally as a human being. So maybe there are some things about him specifically that can be potentially critiqued. But his movies alone are overly hated because of what they represent. And I feel like it's time that we, we we understand that as a whole. It's okay not to like the movies. I'm not saying you have to love them. But if you're going to go out of your way to hate these movies, most likely it's for the reasons that I've mentioned. So potentially a horror hot take and potentially going to ruffle some feathers. But uh, I, I've never been one to shy away from pissing people off. Um, <laughs> you can ask Dave. I, I'm, yeah. I'm sure he's been he's been <laughs> subject to that many a time. But uh, Dave, what do, you, what do you think about my the ramblings of a madman here? Um. Well, I, I agree with parts. I, I definitely I definitely feel that Jordan Peele is a, a divisive creator. Uh, it, it feels like people really either really, really like him or really, really don't. It doesn't feel like there's a lot of gray area. His movies are successful. So there's there's clearly something's going right. Right. He's clearly doing something right. All of his movies are successful. Um, I love his movies. And I think I think you hit on it more. And I'm not trying to shy away. Uh, from from anything or any hot button, but I I really think probably the majority of it stems from his movies do have uh, some deep deep context to them, and they do hit on uh, some social issues and different things. Uh, they don't they don't beat you in the face, but it's clearly there. And if you don't if you don't capture that or don't don't grasp that, I don't think the movie works as well. And so maybe, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying this to belittle anybody, but maybe if they don't 
grasp some of that social commentary that maybe the movie does come along, come uh, come across maybe as you know, not as not as good as it should as it is. And so you know, if you're not if you're not really getting it all, maybe it is. Um, you know, I mean, I'm sure there are people out there, right? There are always people out there with hate in their heart, and, and that choose choose things based on that, uh, whether they purposely do it, whether they you know, subconsciously do it, whatever it may be. Uh, I, I do feel, at least from my experience, and of course I'm, I'm a white male, so that's, <laughs> I, I, you know, I can't speak too much to it. I feel that horror is a much more accepting, inclusive genre than a lot. Um, both, you know, for, you know, people of, 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 of races, uh, ethnic thing, you know, as you know, John, or, uh, excuse me, uh, uh, what am I trying to say? Uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say here. Why, why I'm <laughs> shooting? Uh, Basically, it's inclusive. It's not just. It's so, inclusive. It's inclusive. Yeah. <laughs> oh, overall, uh, I, 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 I think what I wanted to say was like of, of sexual identity, sexual. I'm, I'm not sure. Okay, orientation. That's the word. I was for some reason yeah. I could not think of that word. Uh, I, I, I have seen that. from what I've seen, and again, I don't include. I'm. I don't. I'm not in any of those groups. So that you know, people that are in those groups may be seeing something different. Uh, but I just feel like, I, I feel like, you know, there's always been that, some of that there. Um, I, I feel like there has always been a little representation, um, maybe not over the top, but you know, I, I feel like it's better than a lot. Um, so I, I, I mean, I'm sure there is some of that. I do think, I do think, uh, I mean, you know, his movies, they're not your typical, you know, you know, shallow. And, and, uh, and again, I don't mean this to put anything down because you know these are some of my favorite movies. But you're you're not some of your typical you know shallow slasher type movies, right? Where you're just it's all about you know uh, you know bloods, guts, and breasts. That's you know where a lot of slashers are. So uh, you know I don't think I, I think some people just don't like. I I think people don't, some people don't like movies with messages, movies with with subcontext, movies with meaning. Um, and I I think I think some people truly do not like that involved in horror even though <laughs> maybe unknowing to these people horror has always had social commentary in it always i mean always as far back as you can run you know run horror there are examples and cases to be made that horror has always had a social stance it has always expressed itself just like science fiction has too because when it's not mainstream accepted to have those things, to speak those things in, in, in certain times, horror and science fiction could hide those messages within the context of their genre. Right. And uh, I mean, it's it's like Star Trek having the first television interracial kiss. But because one of them was an alien, it, it, it got by. Right. It, they were able to, to, to get it on there, you know push it through so um you know i, I don't know yeah i mean i i think i i think you're onto something i i think i lean a little more towards i think it's the the uh the, the context of the movies maybe goes over some people's heads or some people don't like that in a movie um there are a lot of mean hateful people so i'm sure there are people out there who who do you know side with that but and, and don't like jordan peele and his movies because of that uh, and those people, those, you know, if that's how you're choosing your movie, you're an asshole. And uh, I, I, I don't, whether the movies are good, bad or indifferent, you know, if that's if that's your basis 
or choosing what you watch or consume or listen to that. I mean, you're just a dick. So, uh, that, that's not cool. But, uh, so there you have it. Uh, there's Ike's horror hot take. Uh, we'd like to hear some feedback on what people think of that. And, uh, just then just some general, you know, some general feedback. Hey, what do you think of Jordan Peele? Just outside of all that, you know, in his movies, do you like, are you a fan or not? Um, you know, like I said, I think it's, I think he's a, his movies are, are wonderful for whatever reason. They are divisive. People either love them or hate them. Um, I, I, like I said, first I like his movies, and uh, I think they, I think they deserve all the accolades and praise they get and success they have. So, right. And, and, and just to add, because I, I don't want people to think like I'm over here, like you know, trying to like lick on Jordan Peele's, you know, left nut or something. But like, uh, it, I, I don't. I'm not gonna say that all of his films are masterpieces. Like I said, right, I think get, right. yeah, I'm, I'm, I think Get Out is nearly a flawless film, but you know, I definitely feel that his movies, you know, if I had to rank them, it's literally going to be Get Out, Us, Nope. So I, I, all of his movies are good to some respect. All of them are not masterpieces. Get Out is a masterpiece. I will forever die on that hill. I don't care who you are. Get Out's a good movie. Uh, but you know, like I said, I, I know that not all of his movies are perfect. You know what I mean? They all are deserving of some critiquing. Um, I, I think just to maybe hone in just a little bit, because I think what you said was very true, is that the reason for the critiquing um, most times, like you said, I think is because people, A, don't understand the message or they don't understand the, the meaning or they don't want to or don't like that there's message or meaning. And sometimes that can be because of prejudice or perhaps they don't care for that in their horror films. But like you said, though. Horror films, historically an inclusive genre uh, for the most part, <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah, sorry, not to, I don't want to continue rambling. But yeah, it's yeah. I think you said it best, though. I think it's about the message. You know, Jordan Peele does include some very deep imagery and messagery um, within his films um, that are very, you know, they're very relevant to the times. And I feel like a lot of people don't like that. And I, and I think that that's really important in any movie um, that there be some you know, deeper message. I, I, there yeah. obviously is, you know, it's fine to have those, you know, surface level movies, but I think it's important that as a, as a creative art form, that there is some meaning, even if that meaning is just, you know, to enjoy it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, uh, horror, horror has always had a lot of social, and I, I'm not even saying, I, don't get me wrong. I love horror. I am not saying at all that horror has been, the the epitome and shining star of, of inclusivity and and social context and and social responsibility and has been all you know rainbows and puppies because that is not true there are some truly sexist racist homophobic things that have been in horror um out there over the years I, so i'm not saying that it's perfect or flawless i'm just saying there have been some examples of uh, of socially responsible movies or socially uh progressive views in, in horror movies and um and, and again it's because you know it's you know like romero slipping in you know some critiques on commercialism and things it's because you can put those things in that context and it doesn't it's not like it's someone up there you know giving you a lecture on 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 that social issue it, it fits right. in and, and they can tie it in and, and use a lot of uh a lot of symbolism or, you know, and things like that to, to get that across. So, but it's been there. It's always been there. So, I mean, you can, you can go back to some of the old monster movies, the universal movies, and there was a, 
uh, there was indications of um, of characters, you know, with uh, that were homosexual in him. And uh, I mean, James Well, who was one of the biggest directors of the time, did Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein was was a homosexual. So it was it was there. And and and, and they found ways to sometimes portray some of those things when it was taboo. Um, because, you know, again, a lot of people don't like that. You know, in there and uh, whether, you know, for whatever reason, and I'm not I'm not condemning someone who doesn't like that in their movies. I'm not saying that they're bad people because they don't like that or they're, you know, belong to any, you know, hate groups or whatever. I'm just saying, you know, for various reasons, some people just don't they don't want any kind of heavy message in their movies. Right. And uh, they, they just want, um, you know, some mindless entertainment, which is which is that's fine. That is fine. And some of the some of my favorite movies are absolutely mindless entertainment. So. All right. Well, let's put a bow on that horror hot take and uh, hopefully we get some feedback online and see what people think. For right now, let's take a break. And when we come back, we will come back with news, birthdays, anniversaries and upcoming releases. Make sure you subscribe to listen to their screams on your favorite podcast platform. Also, make sure you look us up on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, TikTok, and Slasher. All you have to do is look up Listen to Screams. That is Listen, the number two in Screams, and you can find us there. Also, make sure you go and buy yourself a Listen to Their Screams t-shirt. You can find all of our shirts at tinyurl.com Screams Shirts. And we are back. All right. Starting us off, off the top here, we have the news. Spread the news. Spread the news. Spread the news. We have the first Saw X trailer has been released. It will be in theater September 29th. Um, we talked about it a little bit last week, um, but the Saw date was moved up uh, to not coincide as the same weekend of uh, Five Nights at Freddy's. I think that was an incredibly good idea. Um, Saw X, of course. Um, as we know it, this is going to take place between the first and second film. Uh, and from what we can tell, this is going to be a very uh, rudimentary jigsaw, taking his frustrations out on some scammers who tried to cure uh, cancer with uh, uh, basically just stealing from him. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's a good time. They, they yeah. definitely chose the wrong motherfucker to mess with. That's for sure. Yeah. And, and it's not clearly not a spoiler because it shows it in the trailer that uh, what's her, what's her name? Amanda. Is her name, is yep. that her name Amanda? That, that, that she's back. She was at the end of the trailer uh, under the one mask. She took it off and that was her. So, uh, again, they're not, uh, you know, not spoiling. That's not a spoiler because they, they put it out there. So yeah. that, that's pretty wild to put that kind of reveal in the first trailer, uh, really. So it's pretty, pretty crazy. So but yeah. it, look, it looks good. It looks fun. Yeah, I'm super excited. It's going to be good. All right. And then it is being reported now um, that Radio Silence, if I'm reading correctly, will not be directing Scream 7. Um, and it was a rumor at first, but it has been confirmed that Christopher Landon um, from Happy Death Day and Freaky is going to be directing Scream 7. Now, Happy Death Day and Freaky are both comedy horror movies. Um, so not to say that I have, I'm concerned, because obviously, you know, they're not specifically just comedies. They are horror movies. And I'm sure he's done other stuff, too, that I'm just not aware of. 
Um, so I think that, uh, you know, I'll, you know, manage expectations um, and just hopefully it, it turns out well. What do you think, Dave? Um, I don't know. I'm kind of I'm, I'm, I'm worried about this now. The the stance that Radio Silence was not returning for the next one. I was OK with that because I thought mm, I don't feel like they have quite done what I would like to be have done with these screen movies. Um, so I was kind of I was uh, kind of excited that there was going to be somebody else at the helm. Uh, I'm not sure this would have been the choice I would have made I'm, and the direction I would go, but who knows, right? Let's, let's be honest. There is a little bit of satirical humor with Ghostface. There has always been some of that in Scream. There's always been some of that. So maybe he can utilize that, keep it in check, keep it within the realms of what has been in Scream and, and you know, and direct a, a good movie, put together a good movie because there's always been some humor in these, in the Scream movies. And, and so. You know, so it's not like he will have to completely abandon that that vein. So right. maybe it'll work. Maybe it'll click and work. Who knows? Fingers crossed. Uh, but obviously, as soon as that comes out, uh, we will 100% be reviewing it. But my anticipation that will be it will be probably not next year or the year after. And, uh, you know, with the strikes that are currently going on, which we fairly support here to, you know, listen to their screams. It'll probably be delayed for a little while, but yep, uh, that's probably. a small price to pay. Small price to pay. Uh, with that in mind, we also have Insidious the Red Door being now available on video on demand. Um, honestly, that's a very, very fast turnaround. Uh, I'm constantly amazed at the very fast turnaround for video on demand. Um, I think it's probably one of the best things that uh, came out of COVID uh, is that basically movies, they as soon as they're out of theaters, they're on streaming somehow. And I think that's probably the best thing for them, um, you know traditionally they would wait, you know, weeks between, you know, sometimes even months between the release of a film before it would be put on streaming in some shape or form. And uh, it was just, it was just unfortunate because there were a lot of movies that, you you know, maybe I couldn't catch that. I was like, man, I really like to watch it, but I got to wait until they come out on DVD or they, someone gets it on Netflix or some shit. So um, very cool. So if you haven't watched it yet, it is on video on demand. Yeah. They've, uh, they've developed this system because it's city's red doors. It's still in theaters in many places. It's still in the, in the theaters here. Oh, and, really? uh, yeah. And they, uh, but they've developed this system that on the tail end of their theatrical run, they're putting them on video on demand as a cinema at home type thing, right? Where you can now see a movie in the theater in your home and they charge a little bit more, like five to ten dollars more than the normal purchase price for that, for that early, what they're calling early, you know, you know, early access. And then, then once it's down fully from the theaters, it typically then comes back down to the normal price. And then it kind of maybe will even come down a little more, settle in a little more once it gets released onto a, a normal streaming platform. So they're really, they're, they've found a way to tier it so that I feel like they're trying to they're get the, the most profit, squeeze the most profit they can out of it, right? They're having the theatrical run before that's completely done and it's completely out of people's mind. Oh, look, you can catch it at home and, and make a, you know, make, you'll pay a little more, but some people pay for that convenience. And then when it's done in the theater, it's like, okay, well, you still can get it at home. And now it's a little cheaper. And oh, now it's on a streaming service, but you can still buy it, but it's just a little cheaper. So they're, they, they've kind of tiered it and it, I think it's working for them. And I think, cause everybody's doing it now. And, uh, and I like it. You know, I have, there, I have been known. I have, I have purchased a movie or two at that cinema at home rate that I didn't catch in a theater that I just, I didn't want to wait for. Uh, I've, you know, they've, they've sucked me in and hooked me on some of them. And then, you know, so. I like it. I think it's I think it's smart business. Yeah, 
Absolutely. Very smart business. Uh, with that in mind, I think that's all for our news, but we have some upcoming birthdays. August 3rd, 1950, we have John Landis, who directed An American Werewolf in London. Um, I have heard, but I've actually never seen American Werewolf in London, but I know it's a classic. It's a great um, movie. So I'll have to check that out sometime, but I'm sure, Dave, you love you love that movie and you love John Landis, I'm sure. I do. I love American Werewolf in London. You, you, yes, you really need to watch it. You need to watch that. You need to watch uh, Silence of the Lambs. you got to get these watched. These are classics. Yes, absolutely. I need to watch Silence of the Lambs. Actually, literally the other day I saw an article on my Facebook that was talking about Silence of the Lambs. I'm like, ah, it's, it's calling out to me. It's calling out to me. <laughs> um, August 5th, 1935, um, which is uh, not the same year. But it's the same day as a certain host of Listen to Their Screams. I wonder sure who it is. is. Uh, <laughs> the, the old guy. Uh, but you share a birthday with John Saxon from Nightmare on Elm Street, Nancy's dad, and from Black Christmas, um, but which is pretty cool. John Saxon is a pretty cool fellow. Yeah, I like John Saxon. Yeah, he's he's pretty cool. He's also in. Uh, well, he's, I think he's in a, a couple of other nightmares. I think, but I don't know if they're. I don't know if he's in it or if it's flashbacks, but he is definitely a new nightmare where he plays himself. Uh, yeah. So he's also in Nightmare Three, isn't he? Because that's where they're in the insane asylum, right? Where's that four? Okay, three. Cool. Very cool. And then uh, another. Uh, wow. Speaking of uh, great birthdays, August 6, nineteen seventy, M Night Shyamalan. Um, I hope I. I I'm always been curious. Is it is it Shyamalan? Is that I, the I right think pronunciation? So. I think okay. so, but I'm not, I'm not the best to ask about the pronunciation. <laughs> uh, but obviously, people who know M. Night Shyamalan, but he's, you know, made some all right movies. You know, The Sixth Sense, Signs, Knock at the Cabin Door or whatever. Um, you know, just, just a, couple light, a couple lightweight movies. It's not a big deal. No, I'm just kidding. I love M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, we've obviously been tooting the horn of Knock at the Cabin Door this year. Uh, yes. One of, the, one of the better movies of the year, so. Yeah, I, I I bet that'll probably make my top ten if I had to guess, but I guess we'll wait until the end of the year to see. Yep. Um, and then August 7, 1960, David Duchovny from the X Files. Oh, love David Duchovny. Um, obvi- obviously he's in a lot of good, good stuff. I believe he's in that uh, HBO show Californication, which has yep. which I hear is good. Never seen it though. Um, but yeah, X Files. I, I would say the X Files is probably. While it's not my first, it was probably one of the first like horror related TV shows I ever watched. And I remember there was an episode where a guy, he was like a monster. He had like black eyes and like really sharp teeth. I can't remember which episode it is, but he's like eating people. But like, I distinctly remember that. It's like burned in my, my memory. <laughs> such, such a good show. I love X-Files. Yes, absolutely. And then uh, speaking of Saul, August 7, 1942, we have the wonderful Tobin Bell. Tobin Bell is, I mean, fantastic. Obviously, he's been on a lot of stuff. He's a very long running career actor. Uh, but he has specifically made a lot of fame and movement because of the Saul series. Um, and, of course, they have him returning for Saul X, which I'm super excited for. Tobin Bell is my favorite part of Saul. And while I like the latter Saul movies, um, the early Saul movies, Spiral, were always my favorites. Yeah, the, the first one, it, uh, it blew my mind when the first one was out. And the first time I watched it, it's one of those things that you, uh, I did not see coming, that ending. It just it just blew my mind. Absolutely. I remember I had watched the movie before and I took my wife to a Halloween showing. Uh, it was like the 20th anniversary or something or the 15th or something anniversary, maybe even 10th. But they uh, showed it in theaters and she had never seen it before. And she was blown away by that ending. And I always say 
Saul has the best unexpected ending for people who have never seen it. Um, so just, I love it. Speaking of X-Files, uh, August 9th, 1968, we have Gillian Anderson from the X-Files. Scully yep. and Mulder have a yep. birthday two days apart, which yep. is crazy. Pretty wild. Had it been, had it been, uh, if they, I don't know if they would, you know, I don't know if they've been filming it's August. I'm assuming they would have. Had to be fun times on the set when, you know, their birthdays are right there together. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and then before we move on to uh, movie anniversaries, I did want to slide in just real quick. Um, another August birthday, um, but also a recently departed person who is not a horror actor, but I think we need to mention him. Um, the wonderful Paul Rubens. He actually passed away uh, about a week ago. Uh, not even a week ago, three or four days ago, actually. Um, he had been battling cancer for six years, but I just want to throw it out there. You know, Paul Rubens is most known for Pee Wee Herman, of course, um, but he's been in plenty of other stuff. He's a fantastic voice actor as well. Uh, but I uh, just want to throw it out there, you know, rest in peace to him and our thoughts are with his family, of course. Yeah. And that's, I mean, he's a, he's a genius, right? His, his comedy and what he did with Pee Wee Herman is, uh, is, was game changing stuff. I mean, he was so huge. So, just, and he was everywhere, right? He, it's, I, it is a iconic character that he created. And it's weird because when he, he first did it, right, he was doing it as a, you know, doing a stand up thing. And it was a little, a little looter, a little, a little, you know, more adult. And then he toned it down, obviously, when it, you know, kind of kept, you know, was being directed towards kids. But he started doing it, you know, for stand up and then doing appearances on Letterman. Uh, a lot of appearances there. He w- made that uh, appearance on Mork and Mindy. He did, uh, I think on the dating game. I mean, and all these were under the name Pee Wee Herman as he was kind of ironing out and developing this character. And then, uh, the, the stand up stuff ended up with a uh, special on HBO where it was a little, a little more like the Pee Wee we know, you know, getting there. Uh, he developed some of the catchphrases and things. And then that kind of, you know, when that was huge and, and spun out and everything was rolling, that's when, you know, he got the offer to, to do the, the, the kids show. And I mean, Pee Wee's Playhouse was, was just monumental. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he, he was definitely a little bit before, you know, my, my time, I think in terms of like his peak, like with Pee Wee's Playhouse and whatnot. Um, but obviously everybody knows Pee Wee Herman. So obviously I had to include him. <laughs> yep. Um, but a couple of upcoming anniversaries for some movies, um, some solid ones, uh, we have from August 5th, 19, pardon me, 1988, we have the blob. Um, which is, if I remember correctly, that's a remake of like a movie from the fifties, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's a remake, but it's a, it's a solid remake. Yeah, absolutely. I have actually seen this blob. I, I, I weirdly enough, I remember seeing it on TV at my grandma's house, like 15, 16, 17 years ago, probably. Um, but I remember specifically seeing this movie on TV, uh, cause it was in color. If I remember correctly, the original is not in color. <laughs> yep. Right. Very good. Very good. And then uh, actually on the same day, just a short 10 years later, we have Halloween H2O. Uh, Dave and I have talked about Halloween. We've talked about Halloween H2O. Halloween H2O is probably one of the more solid remakes, not remakes, but like sequel type movies that we've seen um, that kind of retcon some of the, you know, middle movies. Uh, But H2O, fantastic movie. I love it. Uh, Me too. I think I still think it's, I don't know. I don't think it gets, it, it gets the respect it deserves. I mean, it's just, no, I don't, you don't, you, I don't think it gets a lot of bashing per se or whatever, you know, because, you know, you have a resurrection thing that people end up when they want to bash, they end up honing in on that. But it's like, it's almost, it just gets forgotten, right? You just don't, 
I don't know. I don't, I don't feel like he gets talked about enough. I, I think it's, I, I love it. I think it's a great movie. Hey, listen, I, I will defend H2O, but I will also, I will also defend Halloween Resurrection. I will defend Buster Rhymes until my last living breath. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm not saying, I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> you hear a lot of hate, you know, when people are hating on one of the Halloween, that, that one gets, gets mentioned a lot, but it's, it does. I mean, it's just like you don't, I don't know. You don't hear discussions about H2O one way or another. It just seems like it's just, not, you know, not talked about. I mean, it's like people talk about the early movies and then the, the whole Thorn thing. And then uh, they talk about, you know, the, the remakes and the later stuff. It just feels like I think it gets kind of lost in the discussion, uh, you know, a lot. And it's I don't know. I love it. I think it's a great movie. I think Jamie Lee does a great job in it. And uh, I don't know. I, I enjoy it. I think it's solid. Yeah, me too. Me too. It'd be cool to like do like a little sit down and have like a full conversation about just that movie sometime. I don't know how well that would do. Well, I don't know if people would be interested, but. Well, this fall, now just don't forget, this fall is the 45th anniversary of the first Halloween Ooh. Uh, movie. So we will be having a Halloween episode where we discuss all the Halloween movies and do our ranking, one of our franchise episodes. So, uh, you know, when that comes up in the ranking, we can, uh, you know, we can discuss it. And this will be our de facto ranking because we have all of the up-to-date Halloween movies now because, uh, you know, when we did our last ranking, it was without Halloween ends. Um, is that the oh, right I don't, one? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think I don't think we did a ranking, though. No. Did we did we, did we not? Was I that know. before we did rankings? Yeah, that we did not do a, we did not do a Halloween franchise episode. I don't believe I could be wrong, but I do not believe that we did a Halloween franchise episode before uh, before ends. I think we just covered ends. I think I you're think, right. So I think this is the first time if I've looked back correctly. We've done we've done Nightmare, we've done uh, Child's Play, uh, we've done Insidious. Um, I don't know. That might be it. And then we're we, going to we'll be doing a Saw one. As I say we'll be doing Saul, probably a Conjuring one with the Nun two coming out. Maybe it, yeah, um, maybe a Conjuring, and then we'll be doing the Halloween one this fall for the 45th anniversary. Now I could be wrong. Uh, I didn't, I didn't look this up. <laughs> uh, you know, I wasn't prepared for this, but uh, uh, I don't believe we've done one. I think you're right. I think you're right. I don't remember ranking them. Now that you say that, I feel like I remember all the other ones, but I don't remember this one. So. Uh, obviously if anybody in the comments is anybody's like a, you know, a, like a very significant listener and they're like, Hey, like, let's, you guys are crazy. Just let us know. But yeah, I don't think we can rank them at all. That's right. It's weird. It's weird well, how that works. <laughs> no, yeah, we did not do a franchise episode. I'm looking now. We did, uh, we did Halloween ends, uh, a review. And then that's, that's all we have a, we have a Halloween special episode, but that was not for Halloween, the movie franchise. That's when we discussed the, uh, for the, for the Halloween hol- specials. <laughs> yeah, the holo- for the holiday, we discussed the, uh, the Halloween, the TV specials. <laughs> no, we have done, yeah, we've done Scream, and we have done Child's Play franchise. We have done, uh, da, 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 I'm scrolling through here. The, oh, we've done the Gremlins, which was kind of a short one. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, and then we did the Insidious. That's all the franchise episodes. <laughs> so no, that'll be our first foray. So anyway. Point being, we'll have a chance to really talk about H2O when we do our ranking. Bam straight. All right. And then lastly, we have a uh, upcoming anniversary of The Sixth Sense on August 6th, 1999. Very good movie. Uh, another great twist that I did not see coming the first time I watched that movie. Yeah, it does. It's it's another one of those movies that uh, if you don't see it coming, it, it blows your mind at the end. Absolutely. And then we have two upcoming releases. One at home and one in theaters. 
if you're wanting to go to the theater this weekend to get your horror taste, um, you can go see Meg 2, The Trench, releasing in theaters on August 4th. Um, pardon me, you, you know, Dave and I are not, um, you know, we're not going to diss any movies, right? Uh, and we're, we definitely don't shy away from aquatic animal related horror movies. We like Jaws. <laughs> um, Lake Plass is a good one. Um, Sharknado, of course. Creature from um, the Black Lagoon. Creature from the Black Lagoon. Yeah. Piranha. All those are great movies. Um, but you know, the Meg doesn't necessarily stick out to me as a particularly scary, uh, aquatic horror movie. Uh, I like the Meg. I don't, I don't hate Jason Statham. Um, yeah, but I'm not going to go out of my way to watch this movie, probably when it comes on streaming. But, hey, if you guys are into that, it's all you. Yeah, it leans a little more action to me. I mean, it definitely has, you know, a monster in it. So it kind of kind of fits in the monster movie creature feature type thing, you know, in a way. And it, it you know, a lot of those a lot of monster movies, that's all they were. Right. They were just right. more action type movies. And it's it's OK. Just not it's not uh, not my cup of tea. We can't cover everything. So we'll do a pass on the make do. It's weird because. I just have to add one thing. I was watching it. I actually went to the theaters and I saw a trailer for Meg too. Um, and like in the trailer, like they were pulling some Jurassic Park shit because Jason Statham was talking about how he like trained a Megalodon. Uh-huh. Um, so he, uh-huh. I, I was almost like, this is almost funny enough to be like, let me just watch this just cause I want to make fun of it. But I, I don't want to do that cause I don't want to be mean to people. But at the same time, when it does come out, I probably will make fun of it a little bit. So <laughs> um in any case um that's what's in theaters this weekend also there's plenty of other stuff you don't want to watch uh what potentially might be a, a hot piece of garbage who knows um but there's plenty of other stuff you don't watch insidious you know talk to me it's lots of other good stuff barbie um <laughs> and then on Screenbox, so we have a little bit of a streaming horror movie for you here uh, so if you don't want to leave the house, you want to sit on your couch, you want to eat potato chips and uh, call for pizza, you can watch The Ghastly Brothers. It's uh, now available on Screenbox. It is a Dutch supernatural comedy where Lilith is sent to a boarding school where she meets the Ghastly Brothers, a pair of strange ghost hunters. Together, they need to rid the school of the demons who have made it their home. So uh, if you don't want to go anywhere, check that out. I'll probably check it out, too, because I love Screenbox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds fun. I've heard people describe it as a... a- a kind of a Ghostbusters meets Beetlejuice type deal. So that sounds fun. I think it's kind of heavy on the comedy, but that's okay. Right. That's a, that's, that's, that's good. I'll, I'll probably at some point I'll give it a watch and we'll see what it's like. Yeah. I mean, we watched, we watched and reviewed a movie called Holy Shit. So obviously it's not, nothing's yeah. above us or below we, us for that matter. Yeah. Yeah. We, <laughs> we watched Thanksgiving. True. True. That's, 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 that's borderline cut. <laughs> though. Let me, let me be real there. But uh, in any case, um, We've gone over all the news. We've talked about what we've done this week, so there's only one thing left. But before we get to that one thing left, make sure you follow and subscribe on social media, all that good shit. Um, we post about this new stuff all the time, new trailers and stuff comes out. We throw it on that Facebook lickety split. We're faster than Jimmy John's. Um, so so uh, now that we got that out of the way, we're going to go ahead and move on to our review this week of Talk to Me. Listen to their screens is now a Fangoria collaborator. Get 20% off your order at shop.fangoria.com by using the promo code LISTEN2SCREAMS at checkout. That is LISTEN, the number two, and SCREAMS. Or you can click the link in the show notes. All right, and we are back here on Listen to Their Screams. And it is review time, main event time. Uh, The undercard's done. We're ready to lay it out there. This is our review of Talk to Me, which is out in theaters now. 
It is. Here's here's some names. We talked about me butchering names. I'm gonna. Here, it's my turn to butcher some names. It is written by Dendi Bill, Philpu. I'm not sure how you say that. Philpu. Philpu. And, and Bill Heinzman. And it's based on a concept by Daly Pearson. It is directed by Dandy and Michael Philpu, starring Sophie Wilde, Alexandra Jensen, and Joe Bird. It is distributed by A24. And the movie grossed $10,431,720 on its opening weekend, which was good for sixth place. That's not bad. Not bad. And uh, we, uh, like I said, we went in theaters and saw it. I was excited for this, right? Because I've heard some talk about it, and, and people. Uh, people that I have, I respect their opinion, right? A lot of times when they post stuff online, and, and I typically kind of fall in line with them, and they they really enjoyed it. So I thought, oh, I, I think I'm going to like it too. And um, I have to say, just to give an, an overview, um, it it this movie was even more enjoyable than I thought, than I expected. It I, I thought it was I thought it was just a fun movie. I thought it was a clever concept, and I cannot praise enough the cast. These yeah. these people for being I'm I'm not gonna say they're unknowns because I'm sure they've done things but these this is not like what we would call a megastar cast these are young actors on the rise and they were all extraordinary top to bottom even the minor characters I did not see a flaw in the cast I thought they all did a great job I have to say Sophie Wilde in that lead role was exceptional she is so talented and um. Added a whole layer to this movie, um, but I, I I love the concept, right? You there's lots of times you have movies like this that are semi positiony type movies or people that are mediums that that can see the other side and see spirits and, and ghosts. But this is pretty cool that it was supposedly the the hand of a medium that was encased in this plaster, and you know it was all written on and everything else. But then when you touch it and said the your phrase. You could see, you could see, and it, it, it turned into this almost like a party trick, right? A a, a party game, and um, I think this is, I think this is fresh because it, it's what would happen, right? You get the, a lot of people that would get this and, and would try it, and if nothing, you know, it all went cool, and there was this rush and this feeling. That's what people would start doing, right? It would start being this thing uh, that people would get together, they would drink and have a good time and be doing this. And um, I thought, man, the two people uh, that that had the the hand at first, you know, and, and started not at the very beginning, but started it uh, with these people. I thought they were great. Yeah. They, they the way just just the way they were kind of dancing and moving, and it was literally like it felt so real, right? There's like their excitement and enthusiasm, and then these situations, it it felt right. It felt exactly how it should feel, and um. I just I thought it was wild, I you know the the way they acted when they were possessed they would see people, uh, and, and see these ghosts or this the, the, you know, whatever they were, and then the one uh, that was um, masquerading I would say as as her mom because her mom had died a couple years before, uh, from what she believed was an accidental uh, overdose of sleeping pills, uh, and her dad then told her that there was a letter. And that she had legitimately committed suicide, but this ghost that was portraying her mom was telling her, "No, I, you know, I didn't. It was an accident. He's lying. He's making this up." Um, it was, it was just pretty wicked, right? It was like, it was like these spirits or whatever were just toying with these people, just, just because they could. 
And then when they got in the, the hole of the one young guy, Riley, and they wouldn't let him go. And that's where it really, really became, you know, the, the wheels fell off. Right. And things started uh, really getting getting wild because he was that that whole scene of him just ramming his head against things. I mean, it, it made me cringe. It was very, very intense. Um, and uh, it was pretty wild. Uh, so, I, I what do you think of the movie? Yeah. Uh, I mean, you said a lot of stuff that I definitely agree with. I will first and foremost say as an overall like statement of this movie, I loved it. Now, one one thing that I thought was funny, and I'm just going to say this right at the get go. Um, it's obviously an Australian movie and I, and I yeah. didn't realize like how much of an Australian movie it was like shit was straight up filmed. I'm pretty sure in Australia Everybody in that movie, yeah. I'm pretty sure, is Australian, which is fine, obviously. I watch a lot of movies that are probably filmed in America or in North America, at the very least, America, Canada, and all the people are North American. Well, it, it's 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 very weird because when you watch a movie where they're not, they're not speaking the same way you speak, um, there's a little bit of a learning curve. So yeah. for, like, the first, like, ten minutes of the movie, like, I really had to, like, get used to, like, hearing, like, like the Aussie, like... Um, the accent. The accent, yeah. Yeah. And, and like I have no problem doing that, you know. And in real life, I work for a call center, so I talk to a lot of people from a lot of different cultures. So I'm very good at like honing in on like you know accents and understanding them. But I'm not gonna lie, there was like times where like they would say stuff. I'm like, what the fuck did they just say? I look over at my wife and she'd be like, oh, they just said this or whatever. I'm like, okay, cool. Um, but that's just me. I was just like having a good time, so I was being all silly goose in the theater and whatnot. So. Yeah, I had the exact same feeling when it started, <laughs> and, it, and it was going, and I I knew it was Australian and everything, and I thought, oh man, their their accents are, are heavy, <laughs> and, and, and I'm sitting here and I'm like, oh no, this is, man, I hope this is not gonna be tough because I'm I'm having a little trouble here, uh, you know, making out, and and then and then it's like I don't know when it happened, but it's just like it got to a point, and it's like I didn't even notice it anymore. Yeah, it's just like I don't know, you know, whatever. I, I became accustomed to it or what happened, and and I was fine. So yeah, it, it, it I think it threw me for a loop. Because I think us as pretentious Americans, we're so used to everybody making movies and then, you know, putting on the American accent and pretending they're in America and filming it like they're in America. And, and, and that's what they want to do. You know, I mean, when you have half the cast of The Walking Dead who are British and they're coming over here trying to do southern Georgia accents and stuff, you know, and it's it's wild. And I think sometimes we get caught up in that. Right. We're let's be let's be real as a country. Sometimes we're a little pretentious. Think the world centers around us. <laughs> And uh, so we get used, you know, it takes us aback sometimes when, hey, this movie wasn't made in America and it wasn't made for Americans, but it was so good that it it, it made it worldwide. Right. But it's, a, it's, an, it's an Australian film. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but you're 100 percent correct. Like, it, was, it was definitely that like, wow, you know, like you, you don't really realize until you watch these movies that, wow, there are people who make movies that don't aren't in America and they don't have American accents and. It's crazy. It's just a very it's a very cool experience to just overall, because the film is obviously great. Like you said, every single person in that film, excellent actors, 100 percent amazing. Every person, even to the background characters. One of the things I noticed first and foremost in the very beginning of the film, obviously, everybody knows spoiler warnings. You know the rules. But the very beginning of the film, um, you start out with they're trying to find this guy. Um, he's been acting weird. There's a party going on in his house. Um, they get to his house, they kick in the door or whatever. He's like emaciated. He's got scars on his back and shit. And they pull him out and they're like, you know, he's acting all weird. He stabs somebody and then stabs himself in the face. So obviously a lot of times in these movies, 
you see like a guy walking around with a knife and the background actors or the supposed you know civilians or whatever they're just kind of like watching him like in my opinion if i see a guy with a knife i'm getting i'm getting the fuck out of dodge you know what i mean like i'm not gonna yeah. stick around and see what this guy's gonna do with a knife and wouldn't you believe it rather than everybody standing around watching him they all left yeah um go figure you know what i mean that's a rational re that's a rational reaction you know what i mean like let's get the fuck out of here you know what i mean yeah. and <laughs> so first and foremost great background actors are doing exactly what they should be doing they're doing fantastic everybody in that film deserves a raise yeah that but, opening that opening let's talk about that just for a moment here. yeah the, the opening was intense <laughs> it was great i not what i expected right because i you know i knew there was something to do with this hand thing and whatever i had a little bit of an idea what was going on and i thought what is this you know and everything and then I love the way they shot it, where it was like following the guy. It's like you're going through the crowd with him of yeah. all these people. And he's he's frantic because it's his brother and he's trying to find him. And it's just very intense. And it's there's a lot of sensory stuff, right? Because there's the lights and the music and the people and, and the franticness of him. And then when he finds his brother and you think, God, what happened to him? What is going on here? And then, though, when he finds him, and he's helping him out. You really think, OK, they're going to they're going to play into this movie, right? They're going to play in this movie. This, you know, they're laying the foundation. He found him. Okay, cool. And then it's like all of a sudden the stabbing happens. Like, what the hell? It's like I did not expect that. And then he stabbed his brother. And I thought, oh, man, that was wild. What the hell? And then it's like he stabbed himself in the head. I was like, what? it's like it, one right after another. They threw me for a loop there. And it really got me. And um, and then, the, I mean, the brother that he stabbed initially, he survives because he comes yeah. back into the movie later. Um, But the the the, the, the one guy, what is Duck? was it Ducky? Ducker? Ducker or yeah. something like that. Yeah, D- Duddy or Ducky or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Like it's something something weird. But I'm sure it's Australian. Um. <laughs> yeah, but you you find out later in the movie that he had been experiencing the the hand thing, and it 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 kind of like what it does to Riley later. It, it didn't let go of him, and right. it it drove him to this. So absolutely. And I remember when he stabbed himself in the face. I remember leaning over to my wife, and I'm like. You know, I really didn't have kitchen knife lobotomy on my bingo card for this movie. Um, <laughs> yeah. it, but like you said, it was just so shocking. Like, I was really expecting him to stab somebody else. And then, oh, no, he stabbed himself in the eye. It's fine. That's that's cool. But uh, no, absolutely. Great opening to a movie. A cold open. It, it did exactly what it needed to do. It got you on the edge of your seat. It hooked you. That's what the beginning of the movie should do. It should get you into the action. It should get you interested in the movie. And that's what this did. And this movie is not lacking story at all. I mean, literally as the movie progresses, as you get along in this movie, it literally, it's just, it's, it's, it's a really good story. I mean, I, I can't really think of any significant loopholes that the story had, you know what I mean? The story, you know, very clearly is about this hand. Um, this hand has an unknown origin, which I would love to see like an origin story of the hand, of course. Um, yeah, I thought to myself after watching this movie, I thought this movie perfectly could have set could set up a complete like universe yeah they i mean they could do virtually anything they want with this object this hand they don't even have to have the same characters the same settings they could pretty much do whatever they want centered around the journey and existence of this hand and uh and ultimately it would be great if ultimately there's i would love some kind of story of whose hand it is yeah Absolutely. I, I think that would be wild. And, and I hope, I hope there is more, I hope there is more in this series. I hope they do some other stuff and explore some other things. Yeah. 
I, honestly, I, I think with how successful this has been, like relatively, um, I think A24, if they were smart, they would definitely do more. And I, I think they are. I think A24 knows. I mean, take this for what you will. A24 knows a cash cow when they see it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. that, that's why 24 may, you know, they're making the X movie. They made the Pearl movie. That's why they're making the Maxine movie. You know what I mean? They, yeah. they know money when they see it. And this movie is cash money. Um, and I think they can do a lot of really good stuff with it. But even beyond that, I mean, great story. Like you said, has an ambiguous, uh, history of the hand. The hand has those mystical powers. You know, they kind of have a story for how they, you know, where the hand came from. They have rules for how the hand is used, um, and, and it's just all – it's very neat, and it's tied up, and it's in a bow, except for when everything goes to shit. You know what I mean? And the main character, immediately, you know, they start seeing shit outside of touching the hand. And like you said, it's kind of like a game. It's like a party game. You know, somebody touch the hand. Let, let, let a ghost possess you. Just see what happens. And, you know, one specific thing that I did want to note um, about – the movie is that the scene where the kid is bashing his head into the table mm-hmm. is probably single-handedly one of the best scenes in a horror movie this year. I mean, it is, it is a raw moment of like absolute fear. Like, and, and it's realistic, you know what I mean? The first time he did, does it, everyone's like, Holy shit, what is he doing? Like they're all frozen. Like they're frozen in fear. And then they, he, he starts doing it more. And, and it's like, it just felt like a very human reaction, you know? And it felt very realistic that if somebody started doing this in front of you, how would you react? Yeah. And so, you know, he starts bashing his head and then they finally like snap to reality. They grab the trying to get the hand out of his, you know, his hand. And then the spirit just throws him across the room and he starts doing it again. And it's just, you know, his possession, in my opinion, is probably one of the best things about this movie because, you know, he's bashing his head into the table. You know what I mean? He is very realistic looking damage. He tries to pull his eye out of his skull, which is just absolutely yeah, that, that was wicked. Yeah, oh. like it, it, it gave me chills. You know what I mean? Like I'm watching this guy pull his eye out of his head, and like they're trying to stop him, and um, and then at the end he goes to hit his head one more time, but the girl throws her hand in the way to like block him. Yeah, his, um, sis- his sister. Yeah, right. Which you know, and and and, and honestly, I think that's probably one of the greater there was more character development in that one 15 minute scene because at first they're like talking about how much they hate each other and then she does something very selfless in an attempt to try and preserve him so it literally is like this really unique and very complex character development in in literally 15 minutes and it's just oh so good and obviously the ending you know the ending, and again, spoiler, this has obviously been spoiler-filled up to this point. If you are still here and you didn't want spoilers, you, you kind of, that ship's shit sailed. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, at the very end, you know, the main character thinks the only way to get rid of this is to kill the kid, right? Yeah. And obviously, we we know as the viewer that's not, that's not the solution. That's not going to save anything. And at the very end, you know, she kind of has like a last-minute change of heart. And then rather than killing the kid kills herself now i have read some speculation about this that one of two things happened either she realized that the spirit that was acting as her mother was not actually her mother Mm -hmm. or she wanted to be with her mother so she jumped so there is some speculation as to her motivation or jumping in front of the car um whether it was to basically be with her mom or to basically she knew that she was the one that needed to die to stop it 
You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So, so there is some speculation about her motivation behind it, but never, nevertheless, it, it, I didn't expect her to do that. Honestly, I was expecting the kid to die. If I'm gonna be real, just how the movie had progressed up to that point, I really thought they were just gonna kill the kid. I thought they were just gonna push him out in traffic and be like, "All right, bye." <laughs> yeah, and then they they leave it kind of ambiguous there, whether did I mean if she died or what happened. Although you know she got hit by a car, and then you're like, "Oh, she's up walking." That seems a little odd. And then, but then you end up you know realizing and it comes to the closing scene where she's sitting there at the table or sitting there as one of the spirits that someone playing the game is seeing yeah at the very end so it's that's pretty cool that's that's a pretty good loop and and i just i love how there's so much care the character development is just so rich in all this right with the the struggles with her and losing her mom and and the dad struggling with losing his wife and how it's affecting their relationship that there's the single mom of the two kids and how she's doing her best, but the kids are rebellious, and and there's there's all that you know that struggles of a, a single mom household, uh, and, and what's going on there, and there's all these like, the characters are very very rich in this, and 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 you you really relate to them and connect with them, and uh, but I like how they don't they don't try to over explain or oversaturate the explanation of all this and what's going on, right? It's it's pretty simple, right? There's a hand of a medium. It's encased in plaster. You do this. You can see things. We're not going to tell you the why, the how, you know, where it all came from right now. We're not going to give you everything, uh, all this, so to speak, um, because we don't need to to make this movie work. And um, and I like that, right, because I don't feel like they tried to shove too much into the movie. Um, for the majority of the movie, you kind of feel like, well, the hand's the villain, right, this, this, this uh, medium component. And then you kind of feel like, the spirit portraying the mom then is kind of the villain, right? Because it's it's toying with her and toying with everything. So, but but I like how they don't they don't feel like they have to overdo the explanation and give it all away, you know. And like we said, the success of the movie might enable them then to to do something and uh, give a little backstory or broaden the explanation, and that's fine uh, because you know you shouldn't try to cram you know three movies worth of material into one movie just because you think that might be your only chance to, you know, be, be confident in your story and, uh, and, and make it the best you can. And then hopefully you have a, a chance to expand upon that. Um, but uh, I, the movie to me was a blast. It was, it was fun. It was, it, you know, it, it was, it was intense. It had some very tense moments that, you know, had you kind of, you know, on the edge of your seat, it had a little, you know, some scenes where you kind of cringe, some scenes where you kind of jump, the scene with the one boyfriend and kissing the dog. Oh my lord, yeah. that was oh my, that was something else. And um, so you know, and it, it it had a little little blood, enough blood, enough of that intenseness. Um, some great acting, um, some very realistic portrayals. I feel, um, I just I just feel like I mean I feel like this movie hit it hit it on all cylinders for for what it was. Yeah, absolutely. I you know. I think what you what you said is very true. It hit on all cylinders. You know what I mean? This was not a high budget movie. You know what I mean? It wasn't your typical big studio production. Um, I think that's the big thing to take away from this movie is that this is not your stereotypical high budget, you know, high cast list. You know, you got all these huge names in it. Truthfully, this is what I would consider. You know, it, it's the upper echelons of low budget, but it is relatively a low budget movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, it, it, obviously it isn't, you know, I made this in my backyard with $25, but it's, 
but this is, you know, in an industry of multi-million dollar, you know, productions, I've made this on a, lo- a lower, you know, level of that budget. So, you know, take that for what you will. Uh, but like you said, it was hitting on all cylinders. It checked off all the boxes. Um, it was just an overall fun film. I, I all of my complaints about this movie, you know, I think I can't even really think of any substantial complaint other than I really wish that they would have said more about the hand. But even then, it's like, is that really even a complaint? Because the mystery of the hand made the story even better. But like you said, also, they didn't have to shove everything into one film to make it good. They gave you enough information to make you want more, which I think is hopefully the goal. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, yeah, like I said, that, that works for me, right, the way they do that. I, I can understand that there might be some people who would want a little more to it or maybe a little a little more explanation on the ending. I was fine with the way the Indian ending portrayed and the way it left it kind of a oh, kind of that gasp and kind of kind of murky almost not. You know, you know what happened. You know, she died. But, uh, you know, they didn't over explain it. I could understand where some people might have wanted a little more clarity in it um, per, per se. But, uh, you know. Uh, so I, I could see where with some people maybe that that won't connect on that. But overall, uh, like I said, I think it's I just think it's a very enjoyable movie. Um, and I think I mean, you know, I'm thinking so far this year, this is a top five movie for me uh, yeah. so far. So I really, really enjoyed it. I think it's a movie that I would would definitely will definitely rewatch again in the future. Yeah, absolutely. So let's get on to ranking it. Ike. Uh, I will let you rank it first because I was I typically go first. So. Um, so out of five screams, what are you giving talk to me? Yeah. So I immediately when I was out of the movie, um, my, my initial ranking was four. All right. And I'm not saying that this isn't a great movie, but then I started thinking about what other movies have I ranked as a four and how does this movie compare to what I've ranked as a four before? So I, I couldn't quite give it a four, but I was not going to give it a three. So I'm going in the middle three and a half out of five. Yeah, that is exactly where I'm at. Uh, that's that's you know initially that's, that's right where I hit right three and a half. I thought oh this is this is better than a three for me, uh, but not quite a four. While it is fresh, while it is original, um, I, you know it's I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's that groundbreaking or that you know it's you know it, seeing spirits in a medium is and, and using objects to see them is it's, that's not like it's never been done before. So I yeah I did I, I was this, kind of the same way I didn't feel like it was quite a you know four or better movie uh, even though I, I greatly greatly enjoyed it uh, but I, I yeah I thought it was above a a middle of the run three for me so I agree so a consensus three point five screams out of five or talk to me again it is uh, it is again that's a solid three point five though that's kind of an understated three point five it's a very very enjoyable movie to watch uh, I can't recommend it enough. And like we said earlier, next episode, we're going to be reviewing Death Metal. It is available on video on demand or Tubi. Uh, you can visit deathmetalhorrormovie.com for more information on the movie, uh, some information on the, the, the cast and the makers of that. Uh, and I believe there's a little information on some of their other projects and different things that they've worked on. So go check them out. Uh, like I said, it's for free on Tubi, so go watch it before we review it so you can follow along and give uh, you know talk back to us. Talk to your your device and, and give us your thoughts. Uh, anyway, so next episode it will be death metal. So Ike, before we close it out and get out of here, anything you want to throw in? Yeah, absolutely. So if you watch this movie, talk to me, right? And you go to a party in real life, 
and people are playing with a Ouija board or somebody pulls out a fucking ceramic hand out of a, their backpack, I think it would be pretty self-explanatory to not do it. But just in case, just in case you need a, an actual warning, um, it would probably not be a good idea to touch a ceramic hand um, that is supposedly the hand of a medium. I like I just don't do it, man. You know what I mean? It's like it's like what they say with drugs. Not even once. Um, but yeah, I, that was also another thing about the movie. I was like, man, you know, probably shouldn't touch that hand. I po- probably wouldn't. You know what I mean? Nah. Just because I'm a little skeptical when it comes to that shit. I'd be like, look, I don't want to get possessed by a demon. Um, but just in case any of the people out there need encouragement from me to not do it, don't do it. Yeah, I the thing I watched this movie and multiple times while watching this movie, I thought to myself, man, I hope they make like a replica prop thing of that hand to purchase because I want one of those sitting on my shelf. I thought it's so cool looking <laughs> and it's from that movie. I thought, man, I hope that thing gets merchandised by somebody because yeah. I want one. Me too. <laughs> so. All right. Well, there you have it. Uh, talk to me. Three and a half out of five on us. Highly recommended. Next episode, we're reviewing Death Metal. Again, thank you very much for the Blu-rays that the maker sent us. We're very appreciative of that. So until next episode, make sure you subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. Give us a rating and review that helps us in those algorithms, uh, helps us be found by other people that listen to other similar podcasts. Uh, so help us out with that. Make sure you follow us on all the social media platforms that we mentioned earlier. And until next episode, wherever you go and whatever you do, be good, be safe, and have many pleasant nightmares.